Yeah, I am so excited about the next couple of weeks. I really am. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. If you look at church history in America, you'll see there has been this slow, steady decline of us talking about and expecting the miraculous. You look at church history, like literally over the last hundred years, you know, it actually started with what we called the Enlightenment, where we all got so smart we didn't need that anymore, right? <laughs> you know, and and, and uh, matter of fact, Thomas Jefferson actually, if you look it up, there's only a couple of copies, but called the Jefferson Bible. One thing that he did was he took out any mention. Of the miraculous. And and honestly, um, that's kind of been the case. Because we've gotten smarter and because we've gotten more enlightened and we understand about science and all that kind of stuff, anything that we can't explain is suspect. Anything that we can't explain with our minds, it's just easier to ignore it than to face the critics. And that's kind of what we've done in the church. We, we really have. You know, the Bible says that Moses and potentially two or three million people Walked across on dry ground, but I've actually heard that enlightened people have tried to prove that really it was just a few inches of water and a breeze that explains it all away. And if that's the case, then it's actually a bigger miracle because an entire army drowned in a couple of inches of water. <laughs> right? Uh, you know, the virgin birth makes for a cool Christmas story, but really, come on. Come on. I can't explain it. So let's just not, let's just not talk about it. Let's just kind of stay away from it. But yet, even in worship, we all go, amen. It's a God of miracles. Yeah. Anytime I say he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Well, yesterday, he spoke galaxies into existence. Yesterday, he pushed up the mountains with his fingers. Yesterday, he split the sea. Yesterday, he fed millions every single day for 40 years. Nobody went hungry. Nobody had to plant, raise crops, nothing. For 40 years... Their clothes didn't even wear out. 
for 40 years. I don't know if you know this. The scripture actually says for 40 years, potentially 3 million people, not one person got sick ever in 40 years. Really? Yesterday, a hundred-year-old Abraham and ninety-ish-year-old Sarah had a baby. Yesterday was the day of the fiery furnaces and the miracle. Yesterday was the lion's den. Yesterday was the armies singing and the enemies being destroyed. And they never lifted a sword. That was yesterday. I mean, yesterday, the David and Goliath stories were over and over and over and over. Yesterday, God used the least, the smallest, to do the miraculous. That was yesterday. There's 4,000 years of what some call the Old Testament. I'm going to call it the First Testament of Jesus. Because that's really what it is. But there's 4,000 years of history of a miracle working God. Undeniable. And then Jesus shows up. After 4,000 years of the miraculous... Jesus shows up and he heals the blind. Yesterday when Jesus walked the earth physically, the deaf could hear. The the lame began to walk. The demon possessed were freed. Yesterday, Jesus messed up funerals. Yesterday... He would go up to a funeral, and I'm just going to say the best way I know to mess up a funeral is to speak and the guy or the girl get up alive. That was yesterday. That was yesterday. That yesterday he calmed the sea with a word. (laughs) Yesterday he walked on water. Yesterday, he would disappear in a crowd and show up miraculously somewhere else. Really? Yeah. That's what it says. Yesterday, he would take a boy's lunch and feed potentially fifteen to 20,000 people. That was yesterday. You know? It's amazing. Yesterday, he would heal... Those with leprosy. He would fix a withered hand. A woman would be healed by just literally touching his clothes. He would even, get this, he even paid taxes with a fish. And money in a fish's mouth. Really? Yeah, read it. Yeah. He would load up his disciples' boats with so many fish, they were sinking. Yeah. Hmm. Those are just a few of yesterday. 
So let me ask you again. Do you truly, truly believe he is the same yesterday, today, and forever? If we really believe that, we should be experiencing the miraculous. We say, yeah. I, I have people ask me all the time, why, why don't you think we see miracles today like back then? And... And, and, and I'm going to tell you a couple of reasons I think that's true. Uh, all right. One of those is I am convinced the miraculous is happening Amen. all the time. We're not looking for it. So we miss it. It's not a matter of it's not happening. It's a matter of it's happening. We don't, we don't have our eyes open to it. Come on, y'all, does that make sense? You know? And, and, and then I, I do believe that sometimes it doesn't happen because we don't expect it to happen. You know? Hmm. We know that it happened in the Bible. And we know that God can still do miracles. But the bottom line is this. And I see this and I hear this often is I know he can, I know he will for them, but not me. We act like he would never do the miraculous on our behalf. Hmm. So today <laughs> I'm going to do a little bit of teaching. Um, and my prayer is that I ruffle feathers all over the room. That I mess up both ends of the spectrum. Uh, all right? That, that is because I want to get us thinking about the miraculous. And the miraculous that happens today. Um, I, I hope that I can encourage you. I hope that it will build your faith as we walk through some of this stuff. But then next week... Next week, we're going to spend the entire service telling and showing you proof of God's miraculous power that has happened in this room. That he still is a God of miracles. He's still performing them. We've got testimony after testimony after testimony undeniable, doctor-proven, <laughs> miraculous. Miraculous. And then we're going to leave some room. The service is not going to be real long next week. Because then we're going to leave some room at the end of the service. We're just going to pray for the miraculous. Is that all right? We're just going to pray and let God be God. And whatever happens, happens, and it'll be just fine. Amen? 
Amen? So I want you to begin now praying and preparing your heart for what God might want to do. All right? Is that good? All right. So let me teach just for a minute. Are y'all ready? All right. If you amen, I won't keep you long. Your idea of long and mine is very different. So, all right. I have heard hundreds of sermons about miracles. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. And I have heard every extreme on the planet. I've heard messages about how there really were never any supernatural, miraculous things that now that we understand science, we can explain most of that away. All right? I've heard those messages. I, I've heard the messages that, that, that say, yeah, miracles happened, but miracles were for just back then. They were just for Jesus to prove who he was. For the apostles to prove who they were. That miracles were for then, they were real, but they really don't happen today. I've heard, I've heard that. And then I've heard the other extreme. You know, and I've looked at, read the books about seven steps to your miracle. If you take these seven steps, a miracle just has to happen. I've, I, I've seen that extreme. And the idea that you deserve a miracle and that you can, if you do all the right steps, you can demand God for the miracle. That God kind of somehow, if you do all the magic steps, he owes you a miracle. I, I, I've been and I've seen every extreme possible. I, I've been in those situations where I've heard it said and taught that if you just have enough faith that it has to happen. And if it doesn't happen, it's your fault because you didn't have enough faith or didn't say the right words. <laughs> the extremes are from one end to the other, and I get it. And, and I just want to say, I'm not arguing, I'm not going to argue those points of view. What I want to do this morning, though, is show you what I know for sure about miracles. Uh, all right? Uh, undeniable we can fight about all those little things, but undeniable things that we know about miracles of all types in the scripture. Are y'all ready? Are you? All right. So first, let's kind of, I want to give you a couple of definitions of a miracle. Grab your notes. All right. And let's look at it. Uh, all right. I believe. Are we on? Right. A miracle is a supernatural occurrence that fixes a need. According to the scripture, every miracle, Old Testament, New Testament, somebody needed something and God stepped in supernaturally. Supernatural means above the natural laws of things. 
Are y'all hearing me? It's above the natural laws, all right? It is supernatural, and it fixes a need. I love, love, love this definition of a miracle. A miracle is an extraordinary event manifesting as divine intervention in human affairs. <laughs> That's a miracle. A miracle is an extraordinary event. Can I get an amen? amen? An extraordinary event. Manifesting a divine intervention. God steps in to human affairs. What just happens, uh, all right? All right, so are y'all good with those definitions? It's a good place to start, right? That's what a miracle is. Here's something else that I, I, I believe the, te- the Scripture teaches about miracles, and, and that is this. You mu- there must be a need or a problem for a miracle to happen. According to the Scripture... Every time a miracle happened, there was a need or a problem that needed attention. Uh, are y'all still with me? Right? Right? Every miraculous, supernatural God stepped into human affairs that we see in the scripture, old and new, there was a problem that God stepped into, an impossible thing. That God stepped into, into our, our lives, their lives. All right? Are y'all, are y'all getting that? All right? So, um, here's the rub. We like the God of miracles. We don't like it that God will let problems happen that we need a miracle. Can I just be honest? Come on, y'all. Right? Right? But without a problem, there's no miracle. Right? I, I, I mean, I mean, because <laughs> if it's not a big one, we can explain it away. Or we can take enough medicine or work hard enough and we just get over it. <laughs> but it's the problems that we go, I got nothing. I don't know what to do. I got nothing. All right? It's those desperate things that God wants to show up in. And I, I really, really believe that. I, I, I do. Um, <laughs> uh, let's write this down. Then we're going to look at a, a scripture. Because here's what I love. In the New Testament... And it happened in a different way in the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, um, you, you see this that, well, write it down. Jesus meets you right where you are. Every miracle that Jesus performed, <laughs> he met the people in the middle of their need, of their problem. He went to them. Now, sometimes they were following him, right? If you read it, sometimes they were following him, but he would turn around and address them personally, and healing would happen, or the miracle 
would, would happen. Uh, let's, read, let's read this story. It says, while Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with what? With what? All right, got to make sure you're awake with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and he begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Okay, a couple of things. One is, it was a man with leprosy. Incredibly contagious. You think we had to isolate during COVID? That was this guy's life. Matter of fact, the only way he could be in public was anytime somebody came around him, he would have to yell at the top of his lungs, unclean, unclean, don't come near me, I'm unclean. In other words, you could get it and die. His life was lonely, isolated, it was a death sentence. He was literally going to rot from the outside in. That's leprosy. But he saw Jesus and he fell down and he begged him. And he said these words. I love how honest this is. Lord, if you are what? Willing. Willing. Okay, so let's stop for a minute. I would assume, this is Victor's assumption. I would assume that this guy has either heard or has seen firsthand Jesus heal. He knew Jesus could heal him. Are y'all hearing me? He didn't say, can you heal me? He said, are you willing? I know you can. So this guy has seen Jesus heal. He has watched. He's heard about Jesus heal. And he said, if you are willing. (laughs) And let's just be honest. If you're struggling with something today. That you need a miracle. The big question that you're sitting right there is, I know he can, but will he for me? Will he? If you're willing, if you're willing, you, you can make me clean. And Jesus reached out his hand and he touched the man. And he said, I'm willing. <laughs> Be clean. And everybody say, immediately. Immediately, the leprosy left him. Jesus met this guy, not just from a distance. I love this. It says, Jesus reached out his hand. And he what? He touched him. That was a no-no. That went against every religious law. Jesus touching 
the leper literally was saying, I love this guy more than going to the temple. Because if he touched a guy that was unclean, he had to go through this long purification to make sure he wasn't contagious before he could go back to the temple. And Jesus was like, I don't care. I'm going to meet this guy in the middle. And if you look at this word in the original Greek language where it says he reached out his hand and, sorry, this word, and he touched That word literally gives the picture of not touched him, not be healed. (laughs) You know, you got to say it like that, right? (laughs) Be healed in Jesus' name. That's like two syllables, healed. Anyway, it wasn't like that. It wasn't like that. It was like this. The word is actually embraced. That's beautiful. This guy's skin is falling off. Highly contagious. And Jesus embraced him. Not touched him. Embraced. Met him in the middle Love, love that. Over and over you see where Jesus, and we've talked about this. Remember that weird word, splanknizomai, that we've used before? He had compassion. It moved him. He had compassion, and Jesus moved toward those that needed a miracle. He didn't run away. So when it comes to miracles, probably one of the biggest questions and really the biggest rub and controversy um, that I see extremes in the body of Christ for sure uh, about healing. It's kind of interesting. Uh, Nobody outside the church tends to question how Jesus healed. Only the religious people did. That ought to surprise us. Everybody else was just glad he did it. Come on, y'all. Everybody was glad he did it. You know? And, and, and one of the big questions about healing and the miraculous, and we're going to talk about it just a little bit. So, are y'all feeling the tension already? Come on. just Everybody take a breath. It's going to be all right. All right, all right, and I will, I will promise you, I probably won't agree with almost anybody in the room, and that's okay, all right, all right, but just hang with me, uh, here's the question, what role does faith play in miracles? What role does faith play in miracles? Now, now here's the thing. Everybody, even great theologians, have lots of different opinions about this. They all have scripture to back up their 
opinions. So here's if you take all of the miraculous, healing, natural miraculous things that Jesus did, uh, if you take all of them, all the different types of, of miracles, what, what role does faith play in those? All right, all right? And, and let me just say, here's where I am firmly planted. The person's faith to receive the miracle may or may not be involved. It's okay. You can laugh. Because that's true. According to the scripture, the person or persons receiving the miracle may or may not have their faith involved in the miraculous. They may or may not. I mean, over and over and over and over in the scripture, Jesus said, your faith has made you well. Come on. Right? Your faith has made you well. So obviously faith was involved in those people being healed. Are y'all with me? Go back. Dig it out. Dig it out. All right? Um, <laughs> it's, it's interesting, though. I, I mean, y'all remember the story of the centurion? Where... Where Jesus actually said, I've not seen so much faith in all of Israel. I, I mean, your faith is, and, and matter of fact, Jesus goes on to say, let it be done just like you said it would. And at that moment, the scripture says, at that moment, the centurion's servant was miraculously healed. Undeniable God intervention in human affairs. Right then, it happened. And it was the centurion's faith that the other guy was healed. Uh, okay. Okay. Um. There's so much. I could spend so much time on, on this idea. Uh, do y'all remember, though, the story of the friends that tore the hole in the roof? Faith was involved. I, 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 mean, I mean, they tore a hole in the roof. The guy was paralyzed. They let the guy down in front of Jesus. Jesus heals the paralyzed man. The guy gets up, and Jesus himself says... <laughs> It was their faith that made you well. It was the faith of the friends that let the guy down. Because I'm going to tell you, there are times <laughs> that you need a miracle. And you need friends that will tear the roof off and have faith for your healing. Because I just don't. I just don't. I, I, I know he can, but, but will he? Will he? And, and then there are other times, like I said, over and over and over, he said, it's your faith that made you well. It's your faith that made you well. This guy's faith, their faith, all of that. But then there's miracles that he never mentions faith. 
You're like, really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look at the story of Lazarus. <laughs> right? He just raised him from the dead. There's not really any mention of, of faith being involved there. I, I, I mean, and, and, and look at this one. Look at this one. Um, it says, now it happened the day after that, he went into the city, all right, and, and this is Jesus, and many of his disciples went with him. And there was a large, what? There was a large crowd. And when he came near the gate of the city, behold, a what kind of man? <laughs> Everybody say dead. He's dead. Not mostly dead. <laughs> Or not, you'll be dead soon. Yeah, no. ADD, sorry. But, but no, he is dead. He's so dead, they're having a funeral. Right? So he's been dead for a little while. All right? And, and they're carrying him. And it says that he was the only son of his mother. And she was a widow. Which was a direct path to homelessness and poverty, okay? Because no husband, no son is a bad deal. And a large crowd from the city was there to mourn because this poor lady, she's obviously no husband and now her son has died. And when the Lord saw him, he had splanknizomai on her, compassion on her, and said to her, what? Do not weep. Then he came and he touched the coffin or the bed. And, and those who carried him stood still. Because again, he's breaking all the religious laws, touching something that is dead. All right? And, and he said, young man, I say to you, what? Arise. Oh, come on, say it. What? Arise. Arise. So he who was dead sat up and began to talk. And Jesus was like, okay, mama, you can take him back home. <laughs> so whose faith was it? They were all just so absorbed in the loss, but yet Jesus still met them in the middle of their loss, in their destitute. It's kind of interesting. It really is. I, I, I mean, think about this. The disciples... How many times did Jesus say, oh, ye of little faith, come on, guys, don't you know who I am? You remember the storm on the sea? And they're all like, we're going to die. The storm, the boat's filling up with water, we're all going to die. And Jesus, you don't even care, you're sleeping through it. In the bottom of the boat, you're just sleeping. Don't you care? And one of them literally went and woke Jesus up and said, Jesus, don't you care we're all dying? We're all going to die. 
Where was their faith? It wasn't there. But what did Jesus do? He said, peace. That's right. And instantly, the storm was gone. <laughs> Even in their lack of faith, Jesus still performed a miracle. All right? So, how important is faith? Absolutely important. Okay, come on, right? I, I mean, how important is faith in the miraculous? It's very important. But what I'm saying is, don't put God in a box. He's not contained in a box. He is not. He is not. Just don't put him in the box. And, and, and like I said, I've heard people talk about, if you had more faith, you'd be healed of this disease. If, and the reason that you're not seeing the miracle is your lack of faith. And can I just say, only God knows if that's true. So keep your mouth shut. And I mean that with no grace, all right? Uh, because only God knows the measure of faith that's operating there. And only He knows if this fits in the, okay, your faith has made you well. Or you know what? I've got something bigger planned. Only he knows. So don't put him in that box. I, I know that faith is critical in the miraculous. But I also know God is not bound to what I can do. And what I have. For him to step in and the miraculous happen. Are y'all hearing me? Are y'all hearing me? Does that make sense? All right. So, um, because here's what we get into if we're not careful. When we say it's all based on my faith, if I had more faith, if my faith, if we make it about our ability to have faith. If you're not careful, and you can see this, you can read this, you can hear this in, in some teachings about faith and the miraculous. Here's the scary part. If you're not careful, the truth is it's my, it's my faith in my faith for an outcome. Or is it my faith in Jesus? If it's based on my ability to have enough faith for the miraculous, then it can be my faith in my faith is why I believe it's going to happen. Are y'all, does that make sense? That it's my faith in my faith. And because I have faith, it has to happen no matter what. Or is it my faith 
in the person of Jesus? Which is it? Which is it? Because there's a big difference between those two. Is it my faith in my ability to say the right words, to quote all the right scriptures, and I know if I do that, then it's actually going to happen? Or is it me trusting the person of Jesus, standing on his word, believing he is the healer? Way different. Way different. So, here's the challenge. We're almost done. I'm going to get you out early. Somebody say amen. Because you guys, you guys, do I need to turn the fridge on? Y'all got warm and sleepy. All right, all right. Here's, here's the thing. Here's the question. A- am I going to trust Jesus for the outcome? Amen. Or am, am I going to trust my faith for the outcome? In, in my abilities. Is, <laughs> is my faith... Well, let me say it like this. Am I going to trust Jesus for the outcome, no matter what the outcome is? I trust Him. I trust Him. I trust Him more than the outcome. My, my, my faith is in Him, not in the outcome. My faith is, or is it in my ability to make something happen for the outcome. I pray, I believe, I pray the scripture says without doubt, not doubting. I pray, I believe, I trust that Jesus is the healer. Anybody? And then I'm going to leave the outcome to him. See, our job is to pray in faith, in him. Amen. Are y'all hearing me? You're like, you're really going to pray for the miraculous? Absolutely. Because I've got nothing to do with it happening. Hallelujah. Are y'all hearing me? <laughs> My job is to pray and believe in a Jesus that wants to meet you in the middle Amen. of your need. And I have no problem praying for that. Amen. Come on, right? I mean, think about it. Think about it. You know, Jesus is the miracle worker. Come on. Not my magic words. Not my magic oil from the Holy Land. I watched Jesus. I don't know. Greg may have been there. In South Texas, at a, oh, it was back when we were with Joe and and Kay. What was the name of that? The Gypsies Motorcycle uh, Club. And, and, And there was this guy that literally rolled a motorcycle up and the bone was sticking out during the bike games. Now, he may or may not have had a lot of liquid encouragement, Uh, all right? But he rolled it up, and you could literally see the bone stuck out 
of the skin shattered. And we literally took oil off the dipstick of my motorcycle. And there were about 10 outlaw bikers that saw it go back instantly. So it's not the magic oil. It's not the magic words. It's believing in the person of Jesus for the outcome. Are y'all hearing me? I mean, it is. It's who he is. So, you know, this might surprise you, but there were times Jesus didn't heal. Yeah, sometimes, as Sam said, sometimes it, there was no faith. <laughs> this is really going to upset you. Sometimes Jesus just ignored the fact that they needed healing. What? Yeah, y'all remember after Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, Peter and John are walking into the temple. You remember the story? Yes. Says this guy... Had been laid at the gate his entire life. Lame. Jesus had walked past that guy hundreds of times. Hundreds of times. Jesus had walked past the guy begging that needed healing. But Jesus knew it's going to be a whole lot better. After I die and raise from the dead, Peter and John are going to be the ones that get used to heal that guy. And it is going to rock the whole town. That's right. In Jesus' name. It wasn't Peter and John. They had nothing. It was in the power of Jesus. They said, man, I got nothing. You need money? I got no money. I'm broke. Sorry. But what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And guess what? He got up and walked. He, because God's timing sometimes is not our timing. But he is always in the middle of it. Even when we don't see it. So here's the bottom line. Are y'all ready? Here's the bottom line. When we walk with the miracle worker, we experience the miraculous. When we walk with the miracle worker, we experience the miraculous. I'm going to say it one more time. When we walk with the miracle worker, we experience the what? Matter of fact, you guys need to say it with me. Ready, go. When we walk with the miracle worker, we experience the miraculous. Hmm. I want you to think about this. The greatest miracle that has ever happened 
or that could ever happen, many of you have experienced. Yeah. You call it salvation, the new birth. Think about it. That's the greatest miracle that could ever happen. It's the biggest. Everything else is secondary to that. I, I, mean, I mean, think about it. When I surrender my life to Jesus and I make him Lord, <laughs> the spirit of the living God that raised Jesus from the dead comes in victor. Oh, come on. If that's not a miracle, I don't know what is. You know, that he would come and make his home in me, make me brand new. I am born again. Right? Right? Do you know the word salvation actually has multiple parts to it? But it actually talks about and gives the picture of salvation is wholeness. It's to make things right, to make things whole, to make things the way they were supposed to be in the beginning. That's salvation. Hmm. Here's what's cool. Jesus proved over and over and over in the scripture that he was interested in making you whole, making you right, saving you Mind, body, and spirit. All three. The scripture's really clear. He paid for your wholeness, mind, physical body, and spirit on the cross. He paid for it. It's paid for. It's done. It is. It's done. <laughs> and he proved that that was the point by freeing the mind of people over and over and over that were tormented by the enemy, by the devil. Freed them. He touched their physical bodies and healed them. And here's what's cool. He healed them out there. See, I, I think we've got this jacked up perspective sometimes of, of healing and God healing is to give the church goosebumps. No. Healing, Jesus style, was to always draw people to himself. To show the lost, I'm God. I've got this. <laughs> when was the last time we prayed for healing for somebody that didn't even believe in Jesus? That's what he wants. Because he wants to prove to them, I'm Jesus. I gotcha. I care. I died. 
I paid for your healing physically, mentally, emotionally. I paid for it on the cross. And I proved that I had power over your physical body because I came out of a grave alive. (laughs) If the greatest miracle is for us to believe God can come into my life and make me brand new from the inside out. And if we truly believe that that one day he's going to take us to heaven for eternity, if we are trusting our eternity, if we are trusting our when this body takes its last breath, to him how ludicrous is it for us not to trust him now I got no problem believing in that miracle for eternity but I don't know if he can touch and heal and fix this prodigal thing or this what heal I, I got junk going on in my body the enemy is tormenting my mind So God, just come quickly so we can get it over with. And he's like, man, don't you know, I paid for that then. The same as I paid for your eternity then. I paid for it. I paid for it. I want to deliver you, to free your mind, to heal your body. So here's some questions. And then we're going to sing this song and we're done for today. Is there a need in your life? Or what about is there a need in a friend's life that may not even know Jesus? I don't know who that's for. I just thought of that. And if that's you, and there's a friend who doesn't know Jesus, and something's going on in their life, I want to challenge you. I don't care how you have to bribe them, buy breakfast, lunch, groceries for a week, I don't care. Get them here next week. Like, well, what if it doesn't happen? That's not our business. They're still going to meet Jesus. Amen? So is there a need? Will we let Jesus meet us there? Hmm. Will we let him meet us there? Do we truly believe He can and will intervene. Whether it looks like the outcome we think it should or not. Do we truly believe? Do we trust Him? Will we trust Jesus with or for the outcome? So, Father, prepare our hearts. 
We just say, <laughs> you're a God that heals and seals and works for our eternity. And you're a God that wants to meet us right where we are right now. So Jesus, meet us. Maybe even this week when we're driving that Jesus, you would just meet us in the car. <laughs> that you would just meet us over coffee in the morning. That you would just meet us in the middle of our need. And that we would just say, Jesus, it's you. Jesus, it's you. We thank you.